Breaking it down with Frank McKay. The most intriguing talk in talk radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Kathy Ransom is our host each and every week. And if you notice, we have a shortened version. And uh, it's, I, I, I think it's better. So many people have so such busy lives and to give kind of a kind of a a, a a shorter briefer ransom notes i think is uh is is a nice thought and that came from kathy ransom get the book ransom notes and uh soon you will see kathy ransom and her documentary where she's lovely and her visuals and other guests other special guests on on a television sh- uh, channel, and that'll be on Roku and Amazon Fire and uh, the Roku channel and different places. Frank McKay here, much more importantly. Kathy Ransom, how are you? Just fine. It's uh, it's not quite as hot as it was here. We've had been having almost almost 100-degree weather, and it's nice to have a little breeze, and it's not quite so warm. But uh, it, And it's always good to speak with you and our audience. Yeah, no, no question about it. I, I can deal with this, uh, this heat very, uh, very well. You can always go inside and turn on an AC or, or be in a car and turn on the uh, air condition. I, I prefer this to cold. That's for sure. Yeah, right. So I got a question for you, Frank. Yes. Have you have you ever weighed an eagle? Oh, uh, no, I haven't. I can't even imagine what an eagle would weigh. I'm just trying to think. You know, I know. Those guys, those falcon, falconeers, or the falconers, or um, I, there's a name for them probably, uh, but they have those big sleeves where the talons won't go through on either a hawk or a falcon, uh, and eagles. You know, there's an eagle named Challenger that uh, he shows up at baseball stadiums and he flies around during the uh, special events. And wow! And his name is Challenger. I, I can't, I can't even guess at how much he would weigh. What is it? What does an eagle weigh? Well, and that's funny that you should ask, because that's part of what we want to look at. But I, I remember when we lived on the lake many years, uh, occasionally, as we would look across our little finger of the lake in the trees, and sometimes in the tree on our own lot, we would find a an, an eagle. Not, not real often. And at one time, there was a small, teeny little island in the middle of our lake, away from our home. And there was a nest of eagles there, and that was always fun to go by. And at times, of course, you would see the babies in the in the nest. But there, I want to talk about a new eagle that has, in the last couple of years, made a visit to the United States, a native of eastern Russia. It's called a stellar, S-T-E-L-L-E-R, sea eagle. Now, I don't know how a sea because I'm not about I'm not a I don't know a lot about birds I don't know what's the difference between a sea eagle and a regular eagle but I assume it means that it's large enough to fly over a sea and perhaps uh, as opposed to a lake or something of a smaller body of water but this stellar eagle suddenly appeared uh, uh, it was from Russia and Japan has an eight foot wingspan so that's taller than I think even you are, yeah. uh, and weighs up to. And here's your answer to your question. You want to guess? Um, a guess. Oh man. I, uh, now is 
Are, are they about the same size as a, as a bald eagle? Nope. They're bigger. They're smaller. Bigger. Bigger. Okay. So I would I, I would guess that a bald eagle would be like ten pounds, maybe. Does that make sense? And then so this would be. Uh, are they twice as big as a bald eagle, or? Right on. Twice. As you big are 20, perfect. How about twenty pounds. They weigh in at about 20 pounds. You know, it oh. depends on, you know, they don't always weigh, just like people aren't exactly, but they come. And they, they use the term describing them dwarfing the bald eagle. So obviously they're much larger than what we consider as one of our larger eagles. And recently they found them in Texas, Quebec, Nova Scotia, Massachusetts, and once again in the United States, up in Maine, and that's getting closer to your part of the world. I mean, you're not right on top of Maine, but you're not too far. And uh, they are hoping that they will make baby eagles and will suddenly begin to uh, have more of them around here. And, of course, the people that are most eager to get into one of these four areas are five areas, especially in the United States, Texas, Massachusetts, and Maine, is obviously the, the bird watchers are dying to see this great big, uh, well, as they call it, an avian interloper that is uh, loves uh, to eat fish. And I guess that's probably why they call it a sea eagle. They say it prefers fish, but it will dine on any protein. Now, was there any protein in those bananas? No, I don't think so, right? There's not a lot. <laughs> so I guess the bananas I guess the bananas were safe when we talked about those the other the other time. That they the eagle would not probably come down and eat and eat those. So anyway, it's that was just a throw in. Seems like God really created a a variety a variety of birds, even when you get down to eagles in amongst them. There's not just one brand makes me think of cars ford motor can't just have one brand of cars they've got to have a whole whole variety we we started uh, uh, that our uh, adult senior class on sunday morning not long ago which was nice after a long absence because of the covid 19 and in trying to decide what to teach i decided that I found a really interesting book that took the Ten Commandments, and as you would study those, they paired them with appropriate proverbs. If you remember when, if you had read them recently or not, when Solomon and others put together the proverbs in that book, each proverb is maybe two or at the most three verses long. Each one is sort of self-contained. Each one is a little old saying, like, you know, well, you probably have had famous sayings. And, uh, I'm trying, when you're trying to think of something, your brain, your brain goes blank. But an old proverb, uh, you know, well, what, help me out. What's a proverb that we've heard? Uh, uh, I can't even think of a proverb. Hmm, proverb. Uh, uh, an old saying that we all say all the time. And, not and necessarily a, 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 a... Religious, no. No. A, a, a penny saved is a penny earned, right? Early to bed, early to rise. 
a stitch in time saves nine. You know, you, you click my brain on and, and that works. Well, it's the same idea that that's what proverbs are. They're short statements that, that have some, some significant meaning. And never had I seen the study where you took one of the Ten Commandments, like thou shalt not murder or uh, thou shalt have no other gods before you. And then the author of the text that I was using or am using, it went into Proverbs and found the applicable or many of the applicable Proverbs that related to that particular command, ten, one of the Ten Commandments, which is, I think the, the class and I are having a, a wonderful time doing it. But as I was introducing the series three weeks ago, the author sent me to the last chapter of Proverbs, chapter 31. The end of chapter 31, and I know I've read Proverbs before, but somehow I sort of missed this in my brain. And it talks about the wife of noble character. And what would a wife of noble character have been like back in the time of Solomon? Now, if you were just sort of guessing, how do you think they would have described uh, a wife or a woman in those days? Well, there certainly in those days, and I want to be very respectful because it's the good book and whatever, but the uh, the rights of women... Uh, were not equal to those of the rights of man. Uh, you would you would agree, right? And uh, it, you know, it it was certainly uh, a much different thing. But I, if I remember correctly, Proverbs thirty one, they talked about uh, not uh, not spending your um, and I don't have it uh, completely in in my mind, but something like don't don't spend your strength on women, right? Don't don't. Uh, uh, your vigor on on those who could hurt kings, or uh, something along those lines, if I remembered, which would would make it sound like men chasing fast women in uh, in that. But I, I imagine, you know, like in 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 biblical times, you know, you think of the strong mother, the strong um, uh, mother raising the children and and uh, and and making sure that they understand. Uh, the Lord and uh, and you know God and that uh, you know to, uh, to you know to teach them uh, certain things, but I don't know what uh, maybe I'm missing missing your well, what's your am I am I way off? Well, the, the the interesting thing is I think we've perceived women in the years way past as being somewhat submissive and more of a servant. A, a servant that was loved, not 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 someone that was owned like a servant, and I'm not implying that, but more as a as a sort of a, a well, somehow how we thought of women, maybe even as I was growing up, or even with less respect, which has certainly changed. Well, when you read what Solomon says, that a noble, with obviously the the uh, emphasis of God helping him with what he said, because that these. He was probably inspired with much from what he said. That, it, it, and it starts out in a nice, fun little way. In the in the middle of the chapter, it says her she is worth more than rubies. Well, you you probably agree that your wife is worth more than rubies, and her, her husband. You probably have lots of confidence in your wife, and that's what he says, and lacks nothing of value. She 
brings him good, brings him good, uh, doesn't harm him. And, and we expect those kinds of words. There's nothing unexpected about that. Then the tone changes just a bit. Now, think of the role of women and what we've gone through here in the United States. She selects the wool and the flax and works it with her hands. Now, that implies that she actually went out and figured out which sheepy has the best wool for my garments that I'm going to be making. And this is the next verse that cracked me up. She is like a merchant ship. Now, I have to admit, I never thought about a woman being a merchant ship. And obviously, it's an analogy. But another translation talks about it that she is, uh, it's the idea that she went out and brought food back to her husband or to the family, and that she brought it from afar, and that this merchant ship may have been from another country, even in those days when you had smaller merchant ships or a camel that came back in. So she, she obviously begins to have a role of where she's responsible for things, okay? And then it goes on. She gets up while it is still night to provide food for the family and for the servants. She considers a field. Now, this is where it really doesn't fit my image of an Old Testament woman. She considers a field, and what does she do? She buys it. And out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is negotiating a sale, and from that, she uses it to build a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. She, here's the next thing that didn't seem to fit the traditional image of an Old Testament woman. She sees that her trading is profitable. So she's taking what she grew in the field, she's selling it, and she's making a profit. She's become a businesswoman. And her lamp doesn't go out at night. We already said she, yeah, well, we know that. Women have to work. They have to get up and take care of the kids and, you know, three in the morning and they're still putting them to bed and, you know, mothers have gone through that forever. That's not real surprising, but she's doing it in a work. In her hand, she holds a, a, and she does weaving. So she's working in the field or organizing in the field. She opens her hands to the poor. These women back there were also taking care of people who were indigent and needed help. Isn't that an interesting description of the woman who is a noble wife? Uh, it, it is interesting, and it's uh, it, it certainly is noble, but uh, certainly a, a wife that's ahead of her time at that uh, at that juncture. And uh, you know that's you know that's uh, that's a nice description. And you know there are there are other descriptions in the Bible where. Um, where uh, you know a lot of modern women would say, "Oh, that's terrible, this and that." You know, the, you got to imagine the times. You got to understand. You got to adjust for the times. But that to me is is wonderful. I'll I'll use this and I'll uh, I'll I'll study up on this. But this is a uh, this is a description of women. Um, I think in a way that uh, that a lot of people would appreciate in modern day. Well, it, right, and and I think probably that shows that it is appropriate for women today to 
not be bullies or not to be uncaring or not to be kind. Certainly this noble wife cared for her family and, and did all of that, but she's indeed had responsibilities. It's just interesting to me that uh, maybe we could say what goes around comes around. We had women in those days that were being responsible and well-respected, and then we went through a time where women were sort of second-class citizens, and now I think we're becoming, uh, letting that pendulum swing back just a bit. But it's always fun fun to read and study the Word, but I found this study of as we begin to look at the Ten Commandments and Proverbs and match them up together, I think it's going to be an exciting study with a group of about 30 adults each Sunday, so we're having a good time. I love that. What a, what a well-spent what a well-spent uh, batch of time from from a bunch of uh, lovely people. Uh, that's, uh, that's terrific. Uh, any, any final words today? Well, I've got, I've, got a, I've got a closing statement. Got to listen really carefully. Minutes at the dinner table don't put on weight. It's the seconds. Oh. <laughs> I know. I know. No, I like pretty that. bad. No, I hey, think listen. it's pretty good. Very good. Always, always good to talk with you. Same here. And to everyone out there, uh, we appreciate your attention. You have a lot of choices, we know, and whatever outlet you're listening to us on, we appreciate. Uh, Frank McKay signing off for Kathy Ransom, and we'll see you all next time on Ransom Notes.